Before we kick off our podcast today, who do we have on the phone? Hey, Miguel and Holly. How are you? Hey, Jacob. We are so good. What you doing this morning? What am I doing this morning? Well, um, well, well, um, I just got up so I could, well, well, I just get up early, Holly, just so I could talk to you, Holly, because, you know, Holly, I didn't want to miss talking to you and Miguel this morning. You know, I, you know, I would never yeah. miss this. Hey, Jacob, what are your plans for Christmas? As far as right now goes, um, I am going to my, I know my Aunt Di is coming down to see me, and guess what she's bringing me, Holly? Oh, what's that? She's bringing me her famous Christmas cookies. Oh, there is nothing like some homemade Christmas cookies. So you're looking forward to that. Holly, listen, Holly, listen, Holly, listen, Holly. Now, um, I do remember you saying in your radio blogs one time, that some people were going to the moon in 2024 or something like that. I do remember that or something like that. Uh, you know, you have a better memory than I do, Jacob. I don't remember, but it's, it's, if you say I said it, I probably said it. Holly, guess what, Holly? Could you explain me what you meant by saying that? I, I, no, honestly, Jacob, I can't. I have no, I think maybe I said it as a joke even. I don't, I don't ever actually remember what I meant. <laughs> I, I have no oh, idea. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, Holly, guess what, Holly? Guess what, Holly? You just you just ended my year just the right way, Holly, because, see, Holly, with the year I had with this whole pandemic thing going on with you and Miguel and stuff like that, you know, you and Miguel just made my year. So, Oh, thank you, Jacob. I'm you glad. Made our year, Jacob. For sure. Yeah. you. Happy birthday to you. Aww. Happy birthday, dear Holly. Happy yep. birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jacob. Jacob, tell everybody and what podcast they're listening to. They are listening to the Sweet Angel Tree podcast with Holly O'Connor featuring the older man Miguel Fuller on Hop 101.5 Tampa Bay's new hit music. Wow, yes. Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee hee and my hoo hoo oh. and my ha ha. <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hit music. Hello, senioritis is here. <laughs> I'm ready for vacation time. Uh, who ain't? Girl. I'm just ready. Uh, we have a really cool. Oh, first off, thank you so much to Jacob two times for helping us start the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that um, on Wednesday podcast. By the way, if you're new to the platypus posse, the, the Miguel pee-pee. and Holly fam, the pay uh, we do podcasts Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, or if something happens like. I was so distracted because of my knee on Monday. We had to do it. The intense pain you were in? Yes. I just was like, I got through the show, and that's all I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for listening. But you can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can listen on Spotify or the Hot 101.5 app. 
We got a really cool guest uh, coming on here in just a little bit. Who is it? That has given a TED Talk. His name is Andy. Um, and I think he's the marketing person for this company. But they created this really cool way to release some negative energy from just everything we've dealt with in 2020. Like individuals? Yes. And it's gone viral. Oh. Um, and it's really cool. And he's given a TED Talk before. So we're going to chat with him because a Miguel and Holly fan member said, hey, I think this would be a cool guest for the podcast so we're going to talk to him in just a second uh but we do have the christmas holiday coming up yes we do and we will not be doing podcasts during those two weeks no we will be out uh, but we'll be back next year um are y'all ready for christmas actually yeah mostly like i i think i'm all set for maya Mm -hmm. i think I, i definitely know i'm all set for my mom which is a first I didn't actually get anything from my person until yesterday. Oh. And then I had like a meltdown. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so then he just like sent me some stuff. I'm like, I'm like, just come on. Just I I need a little help. Help me. Um, so then I placed an order at Target and I'm gonna pick it up today. Oh, nice. And I think that's gonna be about it. But like other than that, what I'm not so much I'm ready, but I'm not prepared fully for then two full weeks of no work or school mm. with my seven-year-old. Yeah. Wow. So is that even a vacation for you? Yes and no, mm. because I get to sleep in. Yeah, so there that's, you go. that's always a win, yeah. a win in But my do you get book. to sleep in late with your daughter? No. Or does she come wake you up? And Well, I mean, she usually gets up between 6.45 and 7. So, oh. I mean, it's, it's sleeping in for us. Right. But I'm not like, it's not like I can lounge around in bed till like 9 30 10 o'clock now is she at that age where she's allowed to like get her own breakfast or like cereal or anything like that or do you have to make it for her i have to make it for her but this is what i've started doing so um like she gets up let's say she gets up at 6 45 um i will and she tells me she's hungry if she's not hungry at that moment I will just park her on the couch and let her watch her YouTube families mm. for an hour. And then it, get, it buys me <laughs> till about 8 a.m. And then usually at that point, she's like, Mom, I'm hungry. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I figured you were. Um, or <laughs> if it's like 7-ish when she gets up, I'll like shuffle myself out of bed. Because keep in mind, I'll usually have some drinks or whatever if I don't have work the next morning. Right. So it's not like I'm ready to do a jolly jump up at 6.45 or 7. A jolly jump up. Right. I want to see Holly do that. That was what my dad called it, I guess. When they were in the the army or whatever, a, oh. jol- a jolly a jolly jump up. jump up. It wasn't it wasn't that jolly, and it was like three in the morning, but whatever. Um, so what I'll do is I'll shuffle to the kitchen and I'll throw some frozen mini pancakes on the plate, <laughs> or pop in a couple of frozen waffles, and then I'll set her up with that and a little glass of water, and then I will lay my ass back in bed for another hour while she eats, watches oh. TV. But it, it's it's better it's not like i have to supervise her like she can just sit and watch tv and that's really what she wants to do i remember when my mom allowed me to like make my or like make my own bowl of cereal Mm. that was like i had graduated and i didn't have to ask she was like if you're hungry just go ahead and make it and i was like ooh, and i was like but can i put my own sugar in the cheerios if i want to and she was like you still need to ask permission for that because you're wild ass all right our guest is on the phone the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Is this Andy? This is Andy. Andy! Hey! Welcome to the hey! podcast. Welcome, welcome. Um, so I Hello. was just talking you up to, we have my co-host Holly, our producer Scott here, I'm Miguel, 
And before we get to like what has made you go viral and how you're helping us as a society deal with the dumpster fire, hint, 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 <laughs> that is 2020. Um, who are you, Andy? And uh, what what is your path that led you to go viral? Well, last like I don't know. Uh, all of my life, I've been collecting junk and building things and. It's just been, uh, I live in Detroit, so, you know, we have a lot of industrial stuff to choose from. Uh, And then last year, I got the job as head of marketing at an email service, um, hey.com. So, you know, we we assembled a whole bunch of junk to make this this big thing that the Internet's talking about. So what is it that you all are doing that's helping people relieve some stress from 2020? So we built... uh, a dumpster fire. Uh, everyone's been talking about 2020 is this dumpster fire of a year. So we made this dumpster fire that you can email. It'll print out your email and drop it in the fire on live camera that you get to see. So you get to toss in whatever you want. Uh, you know, things you've lost, uh, how you're feeling, you know, uh, uh, photos of, of certain politicians that you don't like. Wow. All go into the fire. Wow, that is so cool. Oh, my God. It's oh, like a look live at stream of an actual dumpster fire. I am in love with this idea. I that actually so ordered funny. myself a Christmas ornament for the tree that has a dumpster fire picture on it. <laughs> so, like, I'm so in line with this. And so you're saying anything that's been causing you stress, we just email it to you, to your service, and then you throw it in the, <laughs> in the dumpster fire. <laughs> it literally goes into a fire. Yeah. Now, Fully wh- automated, yeah. Have Have you seen, like, some of the emails and exactly, like, what people have been writing on it? Oh, yeah. I, I've personally, because we approve everyone to make sure there's no, like, you know, harassment or hate speech or anything bogus. Right. Uh, I, and I, I've seen thousands. Um, but we've had, we've had, you know, lots of Trump photos, lots of Biden photos. Uh, we've had um, people who've lost jobs. Uh, we've had people who've lost family members. Mm. You know, it, it gets really heavy sometimes. Uh, things that people are letting go. And, you know, we don't show anyone's name on the camera. And so we've had some stuff someone yesterday sent in just the words my marriage oh wow 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 that's a great spin on tampa bay secrets right there true that wow so what has been the most (laughs) emotional one that you've seen uh the one one really hit me really hard it said uh uh this is the year my wife and i found out what it's like to have a miscarriage Mm. and you're just like holy crap we 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 thought people would be sending in memes and like jokes and stuff and you know someone sent that in and it just like it hits you right in the gut yeah wow and then what's been sort of the most lighthearted one that's funny or funny crazy oh the memes have been off the chain i mean like we we have seen we have seen pretty much every meme of the last 10 years come through this thing (laughs) um you know because you can send a picture too uh Mm. so like once once the internet found out about it, it 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 went it went crazy um Plus, we went viral in, like, Brazil, so oh. there's a lot of Portuguese coming through, which oh. we have to translate. <laughs> uh, Makes sense. So that's, that's been pretty wild. Yeah. Now, how do you come up with something like that? Are Is, like, literally you all just sitting around, which I'm imagining it's very, you know, like, Google-esque, where it's, you know, like, nobody has a cubicle and every. or actually, you're probably working from home now, I'm imagining, right? We've actually all been remote since day one. Um, the The... You know, founder of the company wrote the book called Remote. Um, oh. So when COVID hit, we were all ready because we were already spread around the globe. Um, so I'm the only one here in Detroit uh, who who worked on this. Everyone else is in 
you know, Chicago and California and all over the place. Oh, wow. So what are y'all just sitting Um, around one day just brainstorming? Someone's like, God, this year's such a dumpster fire. And someone's like, ha-ha! Literally! I got an idea! I I put a bunch of ideas together. I had, like, six ideas. And this one was my, like, that's never going to happen idea. And I sent them all to the CEO. And he was like, that's the one. He's like, that's the idea, the dumpster fire. That's actually like, a, All right, a cool, um, uh, I guess, something to keep in mind, keep in the back of your mind for when you get ideas in life, you listening, and you're like, that is stupid. No one's mm. going to do that one. Like, sometimes it's the stupid one that makes it. Yeah. Right. It's actually incredible. <laughs> and you're, don't let your own brain tell you no. Right. So just as a quick lesson, I think that's a good aside. Absolutely. Now, Andy, yeah. you have given a ted talk before called call the world's bluff what was that about oh you you googled me yeah. uh, a little research yeah, the the yeah the 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 call the world's bluff is just about like thinking something is impossible uh and and going at it anyway you know i i started my small businesses with um very very little money you know money i'd made as a bus boy and um you know each time i came to something that was like is this really is this possible? Can I pull this off? You know, can I start a, a, a bus company? Like that, that's what I've been doing the last 10 years. Um, I didn't see any reason not to aside from doubt. Doubt was the only thing that mm-hmm. was saying, don't do it. There was no evidence that I couldn't do it. And I, you know, I've had this experience three or four times in my life and I'm finding that um, largely um, it's yourself telling you that you can't do a thing. You know, if it all, if it all plays out on paper, if it all looks like feasible, you know, you should, probably give it a shot if you're feeling it. Okay. Mm. That's so interesting. We talk a lot on our show about sort of taking leaps of faith and how to really find your true meaning and your true passion. Your purpose. Your purpose. Like how, because you were a a college dropout who who did this, like what inspired you to make that leap and and, and go for it? Well, I, I, on one hand, it's because I'm unemployable, really. I mean, base camp in Hay, where I work now, is a, a kind of a weird outfit where I get to do things like build a giant dumpster fire. Um, so it does, it's not your normal job, right? I don't think right. there's a lot of dumpster fire builders out there. Right. Um, there should but, be. You know, when, when, <laughs> when I started my own company, um, it's because all the jobs out there that I um, had available to me, um, you know, as an engineering student, just looked really like, like a bummer, you know, sitting in a cubicle, under a fluorescent light, you know, reading instructional manuals, whereas entrepreneurship, like going out and start my own thing, um, that was endless. You know, it had unlimited upside and unlimited downside. You know, it just, it, it, it's you with the marketplace versus some middle manager, you know? Um, and so that, that really like propelled me to do that. And, um, the, the moment that really changed my life was, uh, I signed up for a contest and I won, six months with this car. I got a, a Ford Fiesta in 2009 with unlimited gas. Oh. And it was sitting there in the parking lot while I was going to engineering school. Oh, <laughs> and I yeah. thought I can keep going to engineering school and sit here in this car just sits in the parking lot or I can travel the country. And mm. so I, uh, I quit my part-time job. I dropped out of school and I, I put, you know, 50,000 miles in that car in six, in six months. Um, <sighs> saw every corner of the country, you know, on Ford's dollar. Uh, and that, Really was the thing that kicked me out of the nest. Wow. That's really cool. I really find it so fascinating. People who literally just buck everything that we were told that we were supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, go to college, get a job, 
beat someone. There is an order to right. this. Yeah. That's how you do it. Like, how do you tell someone that is sort of stuck in that, no matter what part of the quote unquote normal life cycle of life, and they're like, I have a dream of whatever that is. How do you tell people to just do it? Because clearly back then you didn't have a lot to lose because you were in college and you were like, you know what? This isn't for me. I want to do something else. But what about someone who has a little bit more on the table that they could lose? I mean, life is real short, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it's measured in just a handful of years. It's, uh, no matter what stage you're at, um, you don't have a, you could be a teenager. You don't have a, a ton of it left. <laughs> you don't have right. hundreds of years to figure this stuff out. Um, and, and so I also think people romanticize like a big, a big vision. You know, they want to be a famous something. Um, when really you could probably realize most of whatever your dream is within the confines of what you have. I mean, opportunity is not evenly distributed. Like I, I don't want to say that uh, everyone else has the same opportunities I did. You know, I, through a middle class, um, you know, to a, a good family that had, a, you know, means to support me if I failed. A lot of people don't have that um, opportunity. Um, but if you want to be a photographer, you know, you, your cell phone can handle that. If you want to be a writer, you can you can write these things out on the cheapest computer. You know, there's always a path to doing the thing you want to do. And simply calling yourself, whatever it is, a writer, an artist, a creator, a builder, um, you've earned that title. You know, you just, what, the day you call yourself that is the day you started on your path. It's not, um, you know, don't rely on some outside validation to tell you that you're, uh, you know, worth it. You know, you, you self-identify, then you are that. Yeah, that's what I, I actually got something similar from um, Glennon Doyle, who is an author. And she said something really similar to what you just said recently. I just happened to see it on Instagram because she was like, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how do I know if I'm a writer? She's like, just the fact that you're asking yourself that means you are. Mm. Because people who aren't writers at all would never ask themselves <laughs> if they might be a writer. Like, right. if, if that's just not something that your heart craves why would you be asking yourself that? That'd be like me being like, I wonder if I'm a brain surgeon. <laughs> Bitch, I don't want to be a brain surgeon. It has no part in my my calling, my soul. It's not, it's not there. Right. If you're even wondering if you are something, that's your inner voice telling you, yes, you are. You just need to own it. So that's... That's awesome. That's like synchronicity that you you also happen to mention that exact same style of self-validation. And I think that it's so important for people to understand that. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, that, that clarity of, of being able to choose your mission, to choose your thing. And you can choose a couple. You know, you want to uh, you want to have a podcast. I mean, you, you can have one today. You know, now, if you want to have a famous podcast that has a lot of work behind it you have to mm. you have to do the whole thing and that might take time but that you know what what's famous mean is it a lot of downloads is it well respected you know does it mean having having advertisers uh i think a lot of people function under values that they're not identifying they're they're thinking i want to be a podcaster when really they're saying i want to be a rich podcaster mm, uh which yeah. there is <laughs> there's a big gulf between uh podcast day number one and um you know being well paid for it uh, but if you inspect those values, uh, I think you'll find if you tune those a little bit, you can get where you're going. You know, you just have to think clearly about where it is you want to go. Now, I'm saying all this with hindsight. You know, when I bought my first school bus to start my bus company, I had none of these plans or um, clarity of mission or any of that. I just thought, oh, I kind of want to own a school bus. You know, I kind of want to <laughs> start a business and help out my city. You know, I want to get kids where they got to go. Um, you know, I, I didn't, 
it, it wasn't some perfectly thought out thing. Um, there wasn't a lot of mental hygiene. So, Andy, what is your mission statement now? Because you are the marketing, the head of marketing for its uh, base camp. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's what camps the company and Hayes Hayes the product. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're working for this company. Now you've started some companies before you got there. What is your mission statement now? I, I don't have a, a written mission statement. I, every time I've sat down to do that, I feel stuck by it. You know, you don't want to be penned in by this, this thing. It's, it's really difficult to capture all that in one. Um, but every day I, I, I get up and, the, the questions I'm answering is how do I make stuff and how do I help people? Mm. You know, how do I, how do I be useful in the world that I'm in and make stuff along the way? You know, I don't want to just be a, a money mover. I don't want to work in the theoretical, you know, I like to work with my hands. Um, and how do I help people? You know, um, I still run my small company, the Detroit bus company and every day. We're helping out folks in the city of Detroit who can't get where they're going, um, who don't have opportunities. Uh, this is, this is day in and day out, you know, and I, I stopped looking for the big question, the big formula that I'm trying to crack. And I realized that if I can just do this, um, for long enough, you know, 50 years, uh, that's, that's enough. That's good. Love that. Well, Andy, thank you so much for walking us through this amazing dumpster fire of a year (laughs) that we have had. How can people send emails to be able to include whatever it is they want to include in the dumpster fire? All all the details are at dumpsterfire.email. That's actually a website that you can go to. And it's got the stream and it's got the the address. Um, I'm watching it out the window right now. It's running right this minute. Wow. You can email it and into the fire it goes. Awesome. I love that. We're going to have to steal that idea for something yes. here when we uh, get, when we can actually have events again. Yeah. We'll have to do something like that. Agreed. Well, Andy, thank you so much for <laughs> joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm always so amazed at people like him that are entrepreneurs because clearly this is a guy that is like an outside the box thinker yeah. and that is motivated. And they're like those stories of, well, I had a thousand dollars and I bought a school bus yeah. and now I'm a billionaire and I own <laughs> 20 million companies. And I'm like, how do you even like get to that? Like, I just don't think that that's ever going to be something that. I'm capable of because that's just not like my wheelhouse. I'm not an entrepreneur. Like but, I'm not the person that's going to think of the, a new idea. But wow. again, you're still putting yourself in the box of like you have to think of an idea. Right, right. Like but I I and like he said, opportunity is not equal. So, it's different for everybody, but I think the one thing that all of those types of people have in common is belief in self. Mm-hmm. And that supersedes Anything. Right. And anything. Right. I mean, ideas or means or time or um, uh, connections. I think belief in self is the first and foremost thing that you need to get stuff done. Mm. That's interesting because I feel like that is a part of the whole, you know, like growing up privileged because you may have been told, oh, you can do anything you can, you want to be, you mm-hmm. can achieve anything you want to achieve. And then some people never grow up in that sort of environment. And so they're like, I had a friend at my two year school who it was the saddest thing in the world. This guy was so smart, so funny, so freaking creative. 
And I was always like, you are smarter and funnier than I am. I mean, part of my humor now comes from him Mm -hmm. because he was so funny. But he came from the small town in South Georgia and his parents were both farmers. Mm -hmm. And they would daily question him why he was even going to college. Mm. They were like, why are you going? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, this farm is yours. Like, he was like, I want to be a farmer. He's like, I want to, like, build a a, a set for Broadway. And they were like, what's that gay ass shit? Yeah. You know? Mm. Well, a lot of it. And and let's talk privilege for a second, because. When you say privilege, I have a feeling you mean money. Um, but I also think it it includes emotional support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think privilege comes in several different ways, not right. just money. Right. And he was a white guy who his family, you know, did okay. Mm-hmm. They were able to buy him a car. So, like, they weren't poor. He didn't want. But that emotional That's privilege where he just didn't have, where, like, there was one time I was the editor of the uh, newspaper and he was like my deputy chief editor in chief and we were working late on the layout and his mom came up to the campus and was like why are you here your classes are over and he was like well i'm working on the school newspaper and she was like no you're not you're coming home with me that's a be- it's a, a form of abuse it is and it was really sad and you know where he is he's still there yeah mm-hmm. and i'm like he should have been yeah in new york and la designing sets and costumes for movies and TV shows. That's why I think a lot of that is emotional support from your parents Mm -hmm. or whoever raises you or whoever your influences are. I think about um, you a lot of the time, Miguel, Mm. because you obviously were not, you didn't grow up in a rich house. Right. As a matter of fact, you were poor. Yeah. And you had the unfortunate uh, experience of being surrounded by a lot of rich kids. Mm -hmm. So that has created a lot of, um, you know, things that you deal with in your brain. However, you are like a self-made radio personality, Mm. right? So you did all the hustle and nobody explained to you how to go to college or that you should or what, like, so for people that uh, that I've seen in life over the years who were just like, well, I just, it was such a rough start. I'm always like, well, Miguel did it. <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, that that's the blanket statement for, you know, if he did it, anybody can. Right. But I do think it's interesting where that privilege comes from because you sort of were able to push through everything that was against you mm. doing this. Right. Um, and some people who might have come up with money or more opportunities that you than you did, or um, I don't know, whatever the case may be, may be unhappy in a job and just miserable with their life because they didn't have self-belief that they could do it. Like your mm. self-belief may be limiting in some ways, right. but I feel like your self-belief in you as a radio host has never wavered. Mm, and yeah. that's why you're here. Right. Now, that that has been like my one constant and my one um, guiding force is I'm going to do this. I mean, yeah. like I remember when I had no clue, I was like, I know I want to do what the people I listen to on the radio in Atlanta do. I have zero clue, don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to keep moving full speed ahead at it. And that's why sometimes I get uh, mad for people who sometimes just 
have it handed to them. Like they worked hard, mm. but it, you know, in a sense was just handed to them. Well, I mean, like, and I do want to take a step back because what's funny about that whole conversation about you, Miguel, is just a prime example of like how you just talked about Andy, who we just talked to. Yeah. And how, you know, you just said, I just don't understand how someone gets that creative mindset and makes it just like, it's that's where we, I think we fall in the hole of like we're comparing our success to somebody else's. Like, you've done that. Yeah. Just it looks different. Like, like you did exactly those things. <laughs> and you're saying, I don't know how he does this. You fucking did it. You did it. <laughs> like, it's just, you're not making a dumpster fire. Oh. You're living your dream as being a radio personality. Like, yeah. that's the difference. I make a difference. dumpster fire every morning from 6 to 10 and on Hot 101. <laughs> but it goes back to those things where it's like, you believed in that because that was your craft. And so mm. you did whatever it had to be done to get there. Right. Just as in his case or anybody else's case, when you have an idea, it's like, if you truly believe in your skill and you take that leap, like you'll go as many bounds as you need to to make this job happen. As long as you want it exactly. and you know that you're going to do what it takes to get it done, that's that's what's beautiful about like the human spirit is yeah. that you're going to do it. Right. But there's so much self-doubt and limiting beliefs that sometimes aren't your fault, that like your friend with the farm family, mm-hmm. that's not that those are outside influences that have constrained him. And he had no one probably in a mentorship role that could pull him out of that. So he succumbed to it. Right. Um, but it's like everyone's capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. How badly do you want it? Mm. That really reminds me of the conversation I had with, I'm about to name drop here. Oh. Um, Bobby Bones. Oh, Bobby Bones. Bobby you had Max. a conversation with Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones. <laughs> Of course, you listening probably know who Bobby Bones is. Yeah, Syndicated absolutely. radio show on country stations across America. Mm. Was on dancing with dancing with, with the stars. He won. What? On American won. Idol. On American yeah. Idol. Like it's, it's like so an crazy. Old reality show now. Two books. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we met him or talked to him uh, years and years ago when he was still in Austin uh, doing his top forty show, and we were in Panama City, mm. and him and I were both competing. Yes. Back in the day to be on Regis and Kelly. Yeah, because Regis was going on vacation and they were soliciting radio people to replace Regis for a week. Exactly. So I auditioned knowing because there was like listener votes that went in, knowing full well that in Panama City there was like just literally by population size, like there was no way I was ever going to get it. But we tried real hard. We submitted videos, had a campaign. And then I obviously didn't even make. I think I made it towards like, past like the first round. Um, I made like my name was on their website, and hey. like that was about it. That's well, cool. I made like this sort of concession video where I went over some of the radio people's that, names that did win. That did win, and I was like, "Who the f- is a Bobby Bone? Yeah. Like, what the hell?" And I didn't know who he was you at the time. It. Oh, I was always and forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so then I remember he tweeted me years ago and was like, oh, my God, that was so funny. It's so great to meet you. Hopefully we can meet one day. And then we've always kept in contact on Twitter. And then I met him at a morning show boot camp in Mm -hmm. person a few years ago. Well, I uh, reached out to him on Instagram a few months ago um, because I'm sort of like on the fence about going through this process of like writing a book. Um, and I want to do more TV stuff, but I'm sort of like where I was back in high school with radio where I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, if someone comes to me and says, hey, how do I be a morning show host? I can be like, here are like several different steps to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've reached out to a couple of TV people, but they're like, what you want to do isn't what I do. So I'm not exactly sure. There's a, yeah, there's some differences. And so Bobby sort of does what I want to do, where it's yeah. a hodgepodge of different stuff. And I'm like, how do you do it? So I reached out to him on Instagram um, and was like, hey, can we chat sometime? 
And of course, because he's got like three million people. And I was like, he's never going to see it. And I was like, maybe I'll tweet him. And then like two weeks later, he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I just saw this. Cool. Let's chat. And I was like, all right, well, here's my number. And then the next day, oh, I'm sitting at home. Bobby Bones pops <laughs> up on my phone. That's so cool. And you're like, what? <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> you're like, what do I do with it? It's like suddenly the phone that you utilize for 23 hours of the day has now become like some crazy beacon that you're speaking to Batman or something. Right. You're like, I, it's, it's like hot. What am I doing? Like, we talked to Sean Mendez, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, and it's like, oh, hey, girl, what's up? Bobby Bones calls my phone, and I'm like, <laughs> Well, that was your direct line, and it was not for like an artist interview or no. anything cool. It was just. Because he want to call you. Exactly. So he gave me some really great advice on, you know, doing the book and doing TV stuff. And that's basically what he was saying is that you just got to go for it. He was like, you're in the position you're in now. I'm pretty sure no one ever just gave you mornings. He's like, from everything I've seen from you and your story, like someone wasn't just like, hey, here's a morning show. Would you like to host mornings? It no. It sounds like you want to. No. Like you had to work for it. So you, he was like, just... Throw a bunch of stuff at it. Keep emailing, asking, and, you know, use your own money to do what you, how you did it mm-hmm. just with those people. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very valid question. And the thing that I have come to is that when you are young and from a background like I am where you don't have anything and your whole mindset is like, I will literally do anything that it takes to make it happen, which is why... You know, I moved to Panama City for a part-time job with no vacation, no relocation money, no anything. I was just like, I this is the first step I need to make. Mm-hmm. But then as you get older and you get more comfortable, I just feel like you just feel tired and you feel like, well, I'll get to it. Mm. Yeah. My paycheck is still coming in from Hot 101.5. Mm. Why do I need to diversify or do anything else? But those moments where I have done stuff outside of the show when it comes to TV or anything or speaking Mm -hmm. or hosting stuff, it's like I come alive and it's so much fun because it's a challenge. Mm. Whereas like what we do, like it's not easy, but I I know it now. You know how to do it now. Right. Like I'm still learning and, you know, we consult with consultants and we're always getting better. But it's like this is what I do. Mm -hmm. Um. But then there's just sense of like just being tired sometimes as you get older. Yeah. And like it's just FYI, it's just gonna get worse. Right. True. True. It's, it's not so gonna true. get better. Right. Like I just literally talked to my uncle Joe on the phone yesterday, mm. and she he was just checking on my mom about something, and then I was like, "How are you doing? Are you okay?" He's like, "Well, just tell him I'm tired." I how old is he? He's uh sixty eight. Mm. And he's like, "I had to cut back working out from seven days a week till five. I'm oh. like. I'm sorry. My gosh. You work out seven days a damn week? I'm talking week? about Uncle Joe. Wow. Well, he had to cut it back to five because his joints were a little achy. Well. Ooh. And so he was like, so just if you want to do stuff, do it now yeah. because it, I, I'm tired a lot more. <laughs> Not that I want to be, but I, sometimes I take naps now. What? I'm like, it's what's working out seven days a week. Okay. He's like the, he was like the black sheep in the family, a.k.a the woke one mm. now that I'm sort of the woke one I can like recognize it right. so I feel like we're sort of kindred spirits and I'm like okay I will I I understand that be like I see you mm. so that that's sort of where I am yeah. where I feel like 
I want to take the next two weeks of Christmas because I feel like this last three months of the year have sort of just been a gut punch for me, like having COVID yeah. and then now my knee and I'm just like, okay, I'm just trying to like get into 2021. But I do feel Howling. like, right, literally limping into the new year. But I really want to like refocus and get that sort of excitement, determination and chutzpah that mm. got me to this point in my career to do it for other things because this won't always last. Right. Like right. what we do has a finite amount of time. It's That's not always in the back of my mind. Absolutely. Because like if you work at a hospital or at a bank, like unless you get bought out or it closes down, more than likely, that's a career that you can keep going at. Mm -hmm. But with this, this is art. And just like if you work on a TV show, there is a finite amount of time where one day, it could be a year, it could be two years, it could be five years, that all of a sudden there are new options for people to listen to where things change in the way that you listen. And all of a sudden, we don't have that cachet that we have now. And all of a sudden, our company's like, we want to go in a different direction. Mm. And then you're done. Yeah. And I've seen a few radio people recently because our industry has gone through so much change where they've been like, oh, my gosh, I'm 40, I'm 45. I don't have a savings. I don't know what I'm going to do next. And I'm like, oh, that just freaks me out so much. It gives me panic. And so that's why I'm like, all right, I need to, like, get that spark that I had before and some of these other projects mm -hmm. just to... Because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's always safe to just have some other options. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Agreed. Scott? Thoughts? No, I mean, I love it. I mean, I, I'm going through a, like a life kind of, I'll, I'll call it a crisis just on what I want to do and realizing like we just talked about with Andy. and just, You're having a quarter life crisis. A quarter life, a little bit. And just realizing just how quick things go mm -hmm. and how just we, again, I, I say it probably every podcast, just how precious life is and we go about it as if we get another chance at the end of it. And so I kind of go about every day of like, okay, like, am I doing what brings me pure joy? And if it's not, let me start reevaluating, like, what are my options? Like, what can I do in these instances? And just making sure that it's like, again, like my biggest fear is like one day I'm going to be 80 years old. And I'm going to be like, all right, all I have left is my thoughts. And so I'm going to have this list of things. And hopefully I did as much as I could with the time that I had. And so right now I'm just like, okay, like there's nothing really holding me back from doing anything I want right now. If I want to do it, I could just do it. Is this the time? So I don't know. I don't know what the the next year will look like, and I don't know what's going to come my way, but it is a constant thought, and I love these conversations because I just hope that other people, if given the chance, do gamble on themselves a little bit and allow themselves to, you know, find something that brings them joy. And again, like I'll say it in my speeches and my things that I put out there, it's like I don't necessarily mean like dropping your job right now and like going after something else. Like, I get it. Like, if you have to pay bills and you got to pay the rent, like, that's fine. But if that means, you know, I got to see before my mom passed, I was like, I would hype on her all the time. Just do something that brings you joy. Because for so long, I watched her just go to a job that she just didn't enjoy. And she would come home stressed, and that would just lead into other things. And then finally, by the last couple months, she was doing things that were just so joyful. I remember calling her. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Disney with my friend. I was like, "Yeah, mom, like... I'm off the phone. Go do your thing at Disney. That's yeah. amazing. Or she would go to like an art class with a friend. She was just doing these little things in her day. Even though she didn't drop her job, she was doing these little things because it just made her life that much better. And it's those things. And like I carry that. Like even though I'm, you know, 24 and I don't have that much life experience, I take that as like watching her and always remembering the lessons. Like if there's something in life that you want to do, like 
do it because this like literally the next day isn't guaranteed. So might as well go after it now and see what happens. And that's where I'm just, again, it's not even like I live in fear, but I live in just this anxious love. All right, let me go ahead and live as much as I can right now because again, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Am I doing everything I can right now? And sometimes that doesn't mean just going home and taking a nap because that's what I need right now. Right. Is that what you need, like, right now? Well, right now. Well, literally right now, right, yeah. Right now you need yeah. that? Right now. Oh, okay. But also, like, I don't know. Like, when Andy talked about, like, traveling the country, like, I have this craving of, like, just seeing the world. And then I look at it and I'm like, when the hell would I be able to do it? And the only time you're able to do it is when you just decide, like, well, F it. I'm just going to do it. Because I don't, you, your job's not going to be like, hey, yeah, here's, you know, three months to go travel the country. Maybe they are. I don't know how that looks, but I also don't want to be, again, 80 years old and be like, man, I really had that dream when I was 24 to see the country or see other places in the world. Why did I do that? Hmm. Mm. Those thoughts go through my head daily. Do you do you want to do that now? I I do want to do Yeah, actually, I mean, yeah, I guess put it out in the universe. Yeah, I do want to do that. Only, you know, and again, I look at everything in like these time periods where it's like, okay, I'm 24. I'm, you know, it's not like I'm in this... Well, okay, well, honestly, I'm not in a full-time position, Mm -hmm. so it's not like, you know, anything's holding me back that place, so I'm not making boatloads of money yet. And then also, I'm single, so it's not like I have to, you know, go through a whole other route of communicating with a significant other and figuring out if that's going to be okay. And then also, like, my family's all over the place right now. So right now, it's like, okay, the next chapter of my life, probably in the next, like, six years I look at, just in my own time frame... It's like I'll probably find someone, probably start a very serious relationship, you know, marriage, and then kids because I want kids. And then I know it's like around then, like, okay, it's going to be even – the stakes of doing that are very hard. Once other people enter your picture, options tend to get a little smaller. Right. Yeah. I never felt so much freedom as when I was in college – and then directly out of college, especially once my college boyfriend and I were no longer together, kind of like where you are now, that period of working um, my first job after college was the ultimate freedom that I ever felt in my life. Mm. And um, I was glad that I did take a couple of trips actually in that period because and and I forgot in that period too is like I want to work somewhere where there's a beach. I was always so attracted to like the ocean and beaches. FYI, don't ever go to the beach right now. I'm about to say, Holly, when was the last time you took a <laughs> contemplative drive to watch the sunset at the beach? Sand in your ass and stuff. Uh, nothing better. But, um, like, I had those exact same big dreams. And then um, it took it took the firing of my boss at the time and, like, the rug to be pulled out from under me, which, again, that's a big change. And yeah. you're, you're in the middle of, like, a period of life where you're going through some big changes right now that it spurs you on to do the scary shit that you don't know when or how or if. And so when I applied for jobs all over, I was like, I don't even, I'm 38. Looking back now on 25-year-old me when I decided to leave literally everything I knew, everyone I knew, and move to Florida on a whim almost for a new job that I didn't know how to do with people I didn't know how to do it with, I sometimes look back at that person and I'm like, God, look how brave you were. Mm. And I was lucky in that time because I I had no anchor, no roots in order to do it. Like there are some downsides to that, obviously. But the upside is that 
you got some freedom to play with and some time to play with. Yeah. This is the time when you do it. Yeah, and I, it's, I think it, that's the hard thing is because I know right now is the time, and it's going about it. And, again, like I, I'm a gambler on myself, and that's why I, I'm here right now. But now it's like figuring out that next thing. And just like you just talked about, Miguel, it's like what well, those things that bring you excitement, and that's why, you know, 2021, I want to make sure, like, I am putting myself out there in a way to get hired to speak, putting out my own projects because that gives me joy. But it's also, you know, it, it's – a scary process that, you know, unless you're in the middle of it, you don't really see it, but it is terrifying. And I don't know what this next year will bring, mm-hmm. but I do want to make sure that it's like, I have these visions and I just want to make sure they happen or else I, I just know in my soul, I'm going to look back one day and be like, hey, you had a chance. Mm. What are you doing? Why'd mm. you do that for? And I just don't want that. I don't want that. I don't think you'll have it. You'll do it because we'll see. you want to. I mean, you want to travel and you want to do stuff. Yeah, I, it's just the balance of going through, like, you know, what's going out on, you know, my job right now. Like, this is, there's so many new things that are happening and yeah. flowing around that I'm like, okay, like, this is those roads in my, my life that I'm like, okay, left or right or middle. So it's figuring that out right now. It's pretty intimidating. So what would you do if our job came and said, hey, we have a full-time job for you. But then you found out that a relative of yours from way back in the day that you met once when you were younger passed away and they're going to give you that you are inheriting $20,000. And so that's the seed money where you can just go travel the world. You know, it's such a weird question you asked that, Miguel. It's kind of like my life right now. Um, yeah, some seed money coming in. I'm about to say no, you got some seed money. money, but it's more so just like, like, uh, like I do have... You know, my mom definitely had, like, investments that mm-hmm. are now in my name. And mm. I did get the call that was like, again, it's not like I'm just balling. But, I, you know, there was something that was passed down from my great-grandparents to her, and now it's on me. And I do have that question right now. It's like, okay, like, if the company, because I am working on some things to hopefully get full-time. Yeah. But also I have this craving that I'm like, I really want to just— Honestly, I guess in like, don't take me so literal here just for the analogy, like drop everything and just go Mm. and just see what happens only because it's like, okay, like I I believe in myself enough where if like, if the boss literally, if Will walked in this room right now and it's like, all right, Scott, you're done. Like, it would suck. I'd miss y'all, but I would be like, okay, like I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I believe in myself where it's like, I will find something else to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I stay true to that. But that is the question because, you know, there are projects that are considerably full-time here at the radio station where I evaluate how I react when I heard that. You know, when the bosses are like, all right, here's a couple opportunities. And my initial reaction was excitement. And so I took that on as like, okay, that's a good sign. Like, it wasn't like a a wince of like, ooh. But it was like, okay, I'm excited for it. But I also look at it in a way as like, I'm going to, I would probably take the full-time, see how that rides, give it my all. But also in the back of my head, it's like, the moment that I am not doing it because I love it, then that's going to be the time where it's like, okay, mm. drop it and go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like. Again, like, I am in the middle of that right mm. now. Like, literally, like, okay, like, I don't want to leave because I love what I do. But again, I also have the whole thought of I kind of just want to just drop everything and just travel for a second and just experience life. I don't want to just go about it as the sequence that we all are forced to of, like, school and then work and then marriage, and then kids, and then retirement. It's like, I don't know. I'm so far off that right now because, again, I don't want to bank on when I'm 60 and then, you know, sadly, maybe not ever make it to 60. That's so fascinating because 
that stresses me out. Like, I would never, like, that's not something that I would ever be able to do or would desire to do. Yeah. Like, I enjoy my, like, yearly cruises. Mm. And even then, like, Abe, who is like you, Scott, who if he had money, if we all of a sudden came into, you know, like a $2 million, oh, he'd be geez. like, you're quitting and we're traveling. And I'd be like, oh, because he yeah. loves that. I don't. I'm like, I like my two-year, my two-times-a-year vacation. I like my routine. I like my normalcy. Um, I think that's what I don't like right now, actually, like, if I think about it. I, I just don't like the structure of, like, okay, like, what's next? Okay, I just kind of keep working. I just have this want to just experience stuff. Like, I just want to experience as much as possible right now with, again, like, it all goes back to the root of, like, okay, one day— I won't be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And like just like you're talking about your Uncle Joe, like one day my joints are going to hurt. Yeah. You know, and so I always have this vision like, you know, what if I want to climb a mountain? Well, let me wait till I'm retired. Yeah. I won't be able to climb the mountain. My body won't let me. Yeah. Right now I could actually have the ability to be like, okay, if I want to go to the Grand Canyon and walk around that whole dang thing, I could do, do it do now. It. Now mm. would be the time. Probably not when you're Uncle Joe's age. Not mm. when you're that age. So it's like those thoughts are like constantly flowing. And the whole, I was never somebody that was like, oh, well, let me go van around the country. But I don't know. As soon as everything happened to my family and, like, I remember, I just, I always had conversations with my mom of just, like, doing things like that. And my, my parents made a list of all the places they wanted to travel. And it's, like, it's immediately that just installed in me. It's, like, you know, you want to experience everything, whether it's traveling or just doing random activities. Like, mm-hmm. I almost, I would love to have both work. You know, if I could still do radio, still work for this company, that would be fantastic while, you know, creating something new. But I also do have in the back of my head that, that it's so far out there. It's one of those ideas that, you know, you think it's a dumb one. You're going to throw at the wall and they're going to reject. Right. I have an idea for what we could do. It's just I don't want to be rejected immediately because then I'm going to be like, yeah, we don't know what it looks like. It'll be so new that who knows what it could bring. But at the same time, I want to make sure that it's like I'm not working here regretting it because mm. I love it here. I love that. But I also have this little thing in the back of my head. It's like, right now is the time. Right. Right now is the time to just literally, like, you could just go do whatever you want. And even if you just lost it all, like, you'd be able to get back on your feet and figure it out. It's not like I have a lot to lose. I guess what it comes down to is, like, what do you value? Because as I'm hearing you speak and I'm like, God, that is that is not my dream. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have never, like, I remember in college I wanted to do a semester at sea. Mm. But. Or study abroad for a semester, but I was always like, one, I probably won't like the food, so <laughs> I can't do it. Um, secondly, what if I lose my trajectory of at my two-year school being the editor and student government president or at my four-year school being the station manager, the mm. radio station? That'll like throw a wrench in that and I won't be able to do it because to me, what I value is security yeah. and having Money. I mean, to just because no, it when, is. when well, I grew up that way. I was going to say that is part of your DNA in how you, in what makes you safe. Remember I said like earlier in the show today, not on this podcast, but we were talking about how it's hard for you uh, to change. You like routine and, you know, you're like, I don't know if it's my OCD. I'm like, no, no, that's not OCD. That's part of your PTSD mm. from growing up in a constantly shuffling environment. Right where you maybe didn't feel safe sometimes, you weren't sure where your caregiver was Mm -hmm. at various points, where was your next meal coming from. So your PTSD is that you crave safety, security, money, which can provide that. Right. 
Um, and that is comforting to you. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Everyone's different. I yes. mean, I can tell you honestly, and like we're very transparent and honest on this show, but mm-hmm. like, you know, a year ago when I decided to get my financial planner, I had no savings, none. But then after that conversation with Scott and Evander at the time and uh, producer Ryan, where you all like I think Ryan had showed me like how much he had in his checking account mm-hmm. and he was part time. But he's just an amazing he's saver. Oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's a hustler. hustler yeah. He flips stuff. Evander is a saver. He doesn't spend on money. And then, Scott, you just had money saved up. And I was like, Scott is part time and has more in his savings than I do when I'm 34. I was like, I've got to change something. So now I like if. We lost our job today. I could now say that I could at least keep my household running with all my bills intact for at least two months. Mm -hmm. And we're going towards six months. That's how much we're saving. Right. I cannot tell you how emotional it has made me sometimes. Like there are sometimes, and it's so stupid sounding, but I literally will log into my savings account and I'll see that number and I'll breathe a sigh of relief. That's not stupid at all. It's like literally the first time in my life that I've been able to breathe where like if something happens or my mom has said, hey, I'm short on this. Can I borrow some money? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. I got it. Whereas before it's like, well, Mm. God. Or if something happens, I'm like, cool. When we were in Key West, because I've been saving and we had four people at, no, it was five people at our lunch. And I was like, I'll pay for everyone's lunch. I'm feeling generous. I've always wanted to do that, but never been able to do that. And so that's why when you say you just want to travel, I'm like, my goal is to continue to add more to what we do here to get more money, which to me equals more security. But see, and that's just the different different personality types, different ways that you were brought up, different traumas that you may have. Right. Don't think for one second it's escaped me that, like, obviously Scott is in the middle of a trauma after the year that he's had and the loss of, you know, his mom, that that's not part of the PTSD that you may be feeling right now, yeah. dealing with the trauma and thinking, I don't have that much time. I just saw my mom pass away at a young age. I need to get shit done now. And that's just what his life has dealt him. Right. Same thing with how your life has dealt you, the need for safety and security because you didn't have that growing up. Mm. Scott now doesn't have, you know, this this luxury of thinking that, oh, well, when I'm 80, that can happen because you've seen literally it happen that it didn't go that way. Smack my microphone. (laughs) So it's like your life experiences shape who you are mm. and what you want. And I don't, it, it makes perfect sense to me that Abe would be the exact same way that Scott is because he lost someone very right close to him no, in the family and, and at a young age as well. Right. So that sort of thing can change you for the way that you live your life. Mm. And I think it's so, and this is why psychology yes, <laughs> fascinates yes. me because I'm like, if this is not stupid, this is not weird. This is not like some crazy feeling that came out of nowhere. This has all been like part of your story Mm. that forms you to be the way that you are. That's why none of it is wrong. None of it is weird. None of it is crazy. And it didn't just get planted in by aliens. It's your story. And it's forcing you to do your next right step. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Listen to that. All from a dumpster fire. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. This has been the longest podcast ever. <laughs> Literally, all that from a dumpster fire. Well, that was good. Well, Holly, I think for you, your next step is to start to figure out how. What the next step is. What your next step is. 
But something in the mental health world, whether yeah. it's being a psychologist or a therapist or spotlighting that with what you've learned in the communications field. Yeah. But something in that realm, mm-hmm. I think, is where your calling is. But obviously only you can know that. I know. And I that's the thing is it's very ambiguous, that whole field, because I also don't really know what. Like, I don't have, like, what he was talking about, like, a, a a focal point. Like, I don't have, I don't wake up with a goal yet where I'm like, boop, about five years, I'm going to be a therapist. Right. I don't know that I want to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the proper route. But this whole, my trauma over the past two years, um, which I, pr- I, pr- I fucking promise we're going to talk about it at some point. <laughs> um. I has caused me to dig deep into what makes people do what they do, why uh, and how and all this stuff. So I haven't figured out where that because I'm I think I'm still I'm I'm finally now just coming out of it. Mm, yeah. Like life has kind of settled back down to normal. So I'm not like living it daily anymore, right. which is so like I almost am emotional thinking about that because at the end of last year, remember, it was our last podcast of the year. And I was like, the only thing I want for Christmas is my family together. Mm. Yeah. And I made that happen this year. Right. For better or worse. Sometimes, like, this is this was a learning curve for me where I'm like, I can do anything. And I made that happen. Did I maybe make it happen too soon? Possibly. Mm. But then we just handled it. And it worked out. And now I'm sitting here a year later saying, I made my dream come true. Like, right. I made that goal happen. Mm. I did it. Even if it was scary and I hate confrontation and I didn't think that I had the power to do it, I did it. Mm. And I'm, like, really proud of myself for that. And, like, I was telling you in the office the other day that this is the first holiday season where it feels more normal, like my normal family, my normal, like, th- things aren't a dumpster fire, actually, right. yeah. for right. me this holiday season, which is the first time in about three years that I can mm. say that. So I feel good, and that <laughs> 2021's my year, y'all, because I feel like <laughs> what happened over the last two to three years, all those things have now pushed me into being like, I can speak on this. Mm. I can, and I, and I, I don't know why I feel like it's a competition. It's not. I'd like to write a book. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone should. <laughs> everyone got a story. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't because that's what Miguel wants to do. No! And then I'm Girl! like, and then I, that like, I, don't worry. I had a conversation in my head like, bitch, what are you doing? Stop yeah, it. What? Um, no, both should have a damn so book. I'm writing I'd a book too. Like, do it. <laughs> I'd like to write a book and, and have it chronicle what did happen over the past two to three years and what led up to it and like the explosion that literally no one heard. It was like the silent explosion that I've been constantly dealing with for two years. Um... And so, sort of what happened and how I navigated it and what it meant for me and what it meant for other things in my life that were revolving around it. Um, because I, I always go back to that one meme I read where it says, never be ashamed of your story because it can inspire others. Mm. I'd like to help someone right. with my story. So m- maybe that's a goal for 2021 for me. And maybe maybe through writing that out, it can help me get a better understanding of what, you know, five years from now does look like. Mm. So hopefully that. This is a life to do it. Mm. That's all I got. We got more to come in 2021. But this isn't our last podcast. No, it's not. not. We still have one more. Well, we are going to talk about the future and all that good stuff, which we'll be recording tomorrow. 
Okay. All right, we got to get out of here. Holly, what's all your social media? Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Scott? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. And mine is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R, on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. Make sure that if you are listening on Apple Podcasts to mm. give us a rating and a review because that really helps. You can also listen on Spotify and on the Hot 101.5 app. We'll see you tomorrow. Catch up up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.